0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church sermon of the week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message. I want you guys to welcome our dear friend. I'm telling you, evangelist, missionary, pastor Philip Cameron to the to the platform today as he ministers. Ah, oh, praise the Lord! Brother Hallelujah, brother! Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand, will yes. we please? You may be seated. It
1: is great to be with you. In fact, right now, it's great to be anywhere because the government wants us to stay home and hide. And I like good news for you, this is not a time for God's folk to be hiding. This is a time for God's folk to be possessing the land. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God be for me, if God be for me, Who can be against me? And I believe with all my heart that God is doing something in this church for this season. Every time there's a crisis, God begins to ignite the church. If you go to Iran today, the greatest move of God that's taking place in all of that region of the world is in Iran. The one country that has been destroyed by Islam. There is a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Iran right this minute. There's a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost in China right now. You see, you can build a wall to stop, the holy, uh, to stop people coming this way, but you can't build a big enough roof for God to start falling this way. And uh, we are seeing moves and revivals of God. And I recognize in my life, I have been part of two sovereign moves of God. I cut my teeth as a young boy in revival. I have seen some of the most unbelievable things I was sharing with Pastor the other day. One day, oh, I was a kid, maybe 11 years of age, and my dad believed in, in, in fo- fostering and in, in, in nurturing as much um, young folk involved, and I was watching how many young folk are involved here today. That is a symbol. That is a, a representation of the Holy Spirit. And my dad... My dad began to encourage us all to play the, the different musical instruments. And I started out with the accordion. I, I, now, the accordion's coming back. Let me tell you something now. It's going to be big one day. But in our church back in Scotland, the, the accordion was, the, was it. And I, I'm not going to waste my time convincing you with that, but I'm telling you now. And uh, my dad... He began to encourage our young folk to start learning this instrument because it's portable. It's a, it's a tremendous instrument just to go places and evangelize. And 30 of our young folk, 30 of our young folk learned to play that instrument. And out of that, in my 10, 12, 13 years of age, I began to lead praise and worship in church. I've been in church services when the Holy Ghost was so powerful that we started the service with a song, new song given by the Holy Ghost. And the entire service be filled with brand new songs as the Holy Ghost sang through us brand new praise songs that we've brought to America. And I want to talk to you today. This may not get you shouting and screaming, but I promise you, if you listen to what the Holy Ghost is going to speak through me to you today, it will give you longevity I would rather be in this thing for. Uh, I've been doing this and traveling and ministering for 51 years. I came to America on the 12th of March, 1969, and I've been somewhere involved in revival since 1969. You can you you can you can come to a church service and enjoy the buzz. You can, be in, you can be affected by the environment around you. When Saul was with the prophets, the prophets' anointing him upon him and he began to prophesy because of the anointing that was beside him. And you can come to a church where the pastors and the leadership of this church are alive in the Holy Ghost and you can sit on the fringes and the peripheral of what's going on and you can be blessed and affected by what their anointing is doing. But until you become a recipient of it inside you, and then you become the thermometer in your environment. You can put a frog in a cold room, and that thing will sit there and not move because it is subject to its environment. You can take that same frog and put it in a warm room, and it'll dance and shout and have a great time. It is conditioned by its environment. And as the Lord spoke to us this morning... We are not to be hearers of the word only, but doers. And unless we can grasp the understanding that God doesn't want to do something to us, he wants to do something in us. And if you want this move of God that's taking place amongst you to last longer than a few months or a few weeks until you get physically tired or you've heard it before and you think, well, it's just kind of same as it was last week. And well, let me tell you something. Once the revival fire is inside you, whatever you are, that becomes a revival. It happens in your workplace. It happens in your school. Whatever you are, you begin to affect people by the manifestation and the power of the Holy Ghost working out through you. So I want to talk to you for a wee while today about revival. Our family were alcoholics. Every man was an alcoholic. Every every man for 200 years in our family were were drunkards. I'm not talking about going to the bar. I'm talking about lying in the gutter. And and, and my uncle Michael got saved up in the north of Scotland. He was part of a, 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 a crew of men breaking an American boat that had been torpedoed by the Nazis. And they would beached it on this island called Stroma, S-T-R-O-M-A. Google it when you get home. And these men from the south went up to break the ship to salvage the metal that was so desperately needed for the war. And while every weekend he would come from the island across the mainland and go a few miles along the top of the north of Scotland to a town called Wick. W-I-C-K, and he would get drunk, and whatever money he had drunk, he would take the booze and go back to this island, and these were very, very god fearing very conservative, hyper-Calvinist people, and these lowlanders had come and were terrorizing the little island that had been insulated from the world for, for, since the beginning. And one day he came across from the island, was sitting in the little bus stop, there was also a tea room, and as he's sitting there, there's a, uh, he, he saw between the salt and he ordered a cup of tea, and between the salt and pepper shaker, there was a, a piece of paper, and he picked it up, and the paper says, "For God so loved the world that he gave his only-begotten Son." And that, that scripture changed the course of the Camerons' lives. He began to weep, and the waitress whose tract it was, she says, are you saved, son? And he said, aye. He didn't know what it said. He knew something had taken place inside. He says, what's this? She says, that's the Bible. That's a verse from the Bible. He says, what's that? Had never been in church, never read a Bible, doubts if he had ever seen a Bible. And she began to tell him that this was a a love letter from God to the world. He says, where can I get one? She says, well, if you go to to the, the reading room, they sell them there. So Michael got in the bus, went to the reading room, put all this money on the, on the table and said, how much Bibles will this money buy? So she gave it to him. He got back in the bus, back down to where the tea room was, got on the little rowing boat, that ferried people back to the island, and he went around the whole island. First hours saved. He went around the whole island to tell everybody that he found Jesus in that tea room across. You can see from the, from the island. You will know when the Holy Ghost is in you when you have an unsatisfiable desire to tell those about Jesus. You are not affected by your, by your environment. You affect the environment. So he came back to our town, told this drunken family about a man called Jesus. He says, we don't have to live like we've been living. And they thought he lost his mind. Seven years passed, prayed every day, night and day, tormented by these alcoholics, mocking him, trying to aggravate him to get him to lose his temper so they then say, ha, you call yourself a, a, a holy person? No. And one day, two young preachers came to our town and they had six weeks of services in our little town and a, a guy called Rob Brown's bedroom they had nowhere to preach and he, he took out the bed and the chest of drawers and, and they all had this little service for six weeks and a man called Do, Donald Walker played the accordion and Herbert Harrison preached and they were there for six weeks and they had 96 converts in six weeks 67 of them were Camerons that's revival if you keep coming here every Sunday and every Sunday and nothing's changed, at home, you're not in revival. They might get mad at you. I'd rather have them mad at me for being on fire for God than having a don't, I don't care less attitude. You're not doing your job. These bunch of drunks got saved and, I mean, literally God transformed their minds and and, and their, their lives and they began to become businessmen almost immediately. And every morning they would have prayer. Listen to this. Every morning they would have prayer and there was an old lady called Miss Ledbetter. She was a missionary that had retired from China. And every time they went to prayer, every morning, this woman would get up and pray for every missionary knew, she knew from China to Scotland. And they got mad at her every morning because she was wasting prayer time to pray for missionaries. So one morning, they all got together and they started praying, a couple of dozen of them, and they began to pray. And my father said, Stop a second. Before we pray, I I need to get something right. I need to ask Miss Ledbetter to forgive me because I've had hard thoughts against her. Let me tell you something. God won't send a lasting revival in your life if you've got hard thoughts against people. Don't ask the Holy Ghost to move in you if you've got hate and resentment against somebody else. When Jesus was baptized of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. The reason why God did this in his wisdom, he uses things that we understand to allow us to try to grasp the immensity of his power. So when Jesus talks about who we are, how do you explain who you are? I am the bride of Christ. Therefore, I can look at a bride and I can see what it means to be a bride and out of that comes my understanding of who we are as the church. We are going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Is that right? So, when you, so what God does, he limits his greatness to understandable things that we can grasp within ourselves and say, oh, that's what it means. So whenever the dove represents the Holy Ghost, look at a dove and you'll see the nature of the Holy Ghost. Did you know that a dove has no gall which makes bitterness? So when the Holy Ghost is manifest in you, it removes bitterness from you. You won't find a dove in a filthy place. You'll find a dove in a garden because doves love beauty and the fragrance of flowers. And if you ever want to see the Holy Ghost show up in your life and in your midst, you better create the environment for which he wants to be amongst you and you're going to make him welcome in your place. So this woman, Miss Ledbetter, was highly grieved that she had caused any offense. And she, she forgave my dad and someone else stood up and said, well, I want to confess something as well today, this morning. And they began to get things right amongst each other. It's when brethren dwell together in unity that the Lord commands the blessing. And you can, be, you can shout and talk in tongues in here all day. You can fall on the floor and flap around like a fish. But if you've got bitterness in your heart against someone, it's not the Holy Ghost that's living in you. You are being affected by it, not infected by it. This virus, this damnable, cursed thing that is affecting the world started in a, they tell us, in a market in China. I think it started in a laboratory in China, to be quite frank with you. I believe it was manufactured by the Chinese because they closed down all internal travel, only allowing international travel. So they gave it as a gift to the world, and yet they closed down 14 million people and would not let them move in case they infected the rest of China. Let me tell you, we're living in a world that the world hates America because we are the last bastion of hope there is in this world that there's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There are still 7,000 in America that have never bowed the knee to Baal. And the devil hates us and the world hates us because we are unique among the earth. I am Scottish. I was born under a different flag and a different queen. My, I have a queen, but I'll tell you what, And 20 odd years ago, I stood up and put my hand up and I pledged allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic of which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And I'm here to tell you, there has never been a, a nation in the history of the world like the United States of America. And if we lose it, If we blow it, if our kids and our grandkids don't get a feeling and a hold of what we have here, we will go down in history books as those that received the most and sold it for nothing. So, this move of God in this church is not to make you feel good, it's to save a country. It's to save a country. In your Bibles, if you'll turn with me just for a few minutes. I promise, I think I'll be, I'll be quicker up here than your announcements were. Is that all right? The purpose of the Holy Ghost is not for you to speak in tongues. That is the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Two different things. Jesus. He is called, and as soon as the Holy Ghost came upon him, the Bible says that he was driven out into the wilderness. And he fasted for 40 days. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, chapter, one, chapter 4, verse 1 returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now that is absolutely contrary to what we expect the Holy Ghost to do. We want the Holy Ghost to fill our church. I've got news for you. If the real presence of God was manifest in most churches in America, there'd be people dead at the door running out of the place because they'd be terrified at His presence. Listen to what, listen to the consequence of being led and full of the Holy Ghost is. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. 40 days tempted of the devil. We think we go through a few minutes of, of persecution or we don't feel good and we come to church and you think the devil was living in our car. We are the most blessed people that the world has ever known. We have more reason to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise than any other people in the earth. But instead of that, we have turned the church into a nursery. And the altars into a doctor's clinic. So the same people come every Sunday with the same need over and over again and they're never transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost because this is where they get their battery charged just enough to make it through to next week. That is not the Holy Ghost. Churches when we come together to celebrate the victories that we've experienced during the week. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, and those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. And the devil said to him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that we may made bread. And Jesus said, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone. Notice, this is the Son of God, full of the Holy Ghost. And when the devil came to tempt him, he didn't say, I'm a Holy Ghost believer. And he didn't talk in tongues to let the devil know that he's baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus himself went right back. It is written. The foundation of what we do is scriptural. What you heard in the service today, people talking in tongues and someone interpreting. I was raised in a service like this. It is so rare. I travel and I've been traveling for 50 years. And I'll guarantee there isn't a dozen times. Listen to me. A dozen times in 50 years when the Holy Ghost has been allowed to speak to us through tongues and interpretation. We've taken away the name Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit. Better still, it's a spiritful Christian. And we don't want to be, we don't offend people, so we'll tone it down. And what we've done is, we've ended up being the same as everybody else. You go to the Baptist church; they sing the same songs as you. They've got the same kind of set as you. They use the same kind of praise and worship guys as you. There's no difference anymore because we have lost the edge of the fire of the Holy Ghost. And what we need to do is not just to be blessed but be filled. Listen to this. All of the next few verses, he's dealing with the temptation of the devil. Verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord... Is upon me because he hath anointed me to. If your anointing is not to something, it ain't an anointing. If your anointing is only dependent on you being in church in having the Holy Ghost manifest through the praise and worship and the Holy Ghost manifest through the pastor preaching and then it's time to get ready oh it's my turn I'll go down there and get blessed let me tell you something that's not the Holy Ghost because if you're full of the Holy Ghost you will have an ability that is given to you out of the normal and out of the ordinary to change the world where you are living in the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do something Jesus says, go back to Jerusalem and wait there until the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall receive what to do. What's the purpose of the Holy Ghost in our midst? It has got to be to transform the world we live in. If you go to work tomorrow and you're the same as all your other fellow workers and you talk the same and you act the same and you sound the same and you don't want to offend any of you, let me tell you something. You are failing the calling and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> D.L. Moody was going to church one night in Chicago using the train. He was sitting there thinking about his service and what he's going to speak about and praying. And a man across the, the, the carriage from him sat for... A number of minutes, and after a while, this man jumped up and ran across to D.L. Moody. He says, I don't know who you are, but you convict me of sin. When the Holy Ghost is on you, folk will start cussing and stop cussing in front of you. If they know and recognize God on you, let me tell you, when you walk in, they'll stop cussing and the jokes will be cleaned up and all the stuff that they talk and how they trash the world talks will stop because they know that amongst them is a holy person that's filled with something that they don't have. But if you're the same as them and you act the same as them and you look the same as them and there's no difference, let me tell you something, they don't respect you. They respect the manifestation of the Spirit of God. That morning, back in Scotland, Miss Ledbetter forgave my dad, and others wept over each other and asked for forgiveness. And then they began to pray. Had never been in a Pentecostal church in their life. Only understood salvation. And they began to pray, and Miss Ledbetter was first on her feet. And she put her hands up to God and she said, Dear L. And she fell over backwards. And they jumped up and thought, My God, the old woman's dead. Thank God. My dad thought this as he's running towards her. Thank God I got it right with Miss Letter before she passed. And when they got to her, she was talking in a language they'd never heard before. And they put their hands on her. And they fell over. And began to talk in a language that they'd never heard. And that's how the Camerons were baptized in the Holy Ghost. It was a year before we could discover that there was other people in the world that spoke in tongues. We we thought we were the only crazies in the whole world, just us. I challenge this church. Don't just enjoy the buzz of the Holy Ghost. Enjoy the power of the Holy Ghost made manifest through you. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to what? To who? To the poor. If this doesn't make you compassionate for the lost... And for the poor, it's not the Holy Ghost. This is Jesus' words I'm talking to you about. Not, this isn't my theories or what I think. This is what Jesus said. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised or broken, to preach the acceptable Year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he said unto them, this day, the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And they all bear witness and wondered the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Isn't this the kid? Isn't isn't his mother the one that was before the... Isn't this Joseph's son? They question where he came from. First thing I'll do to you if you're full of the Holy Ghost is I'll say, Who says? Who do you think you are? How dare you talk to me like this? Don't expect a welcome, expect a rebuke and a hate. Listen to this. And he said, You will surely send to me in this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Whatsoever we've done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, very, verily, I said to you, no prophet is accepted in his own co- We heard this today in his own country. But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, Elijah and, and, the, and when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months, when great famine was through all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, Sarepta a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. How many you remember the story of the widow? When she gave the offering, she gave the bread and the oil never stopped. That was what he's referring to. And none of them were cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. And thrust him out of the city. And led him to a brow of the hill, whereupon the city was built. And he cast him down headlong. But he passing through the midst of them, went his way. And he went to, down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. What I'm telling you is this. If you think the Holy Ghost is going to fill your life with easiness, you've got a second thing coming. Because you will stir up more harness nests than you can ever shake, shake a stick at. Because the Holy Ghost disturbs the status quo. The Holy Ghost troubles people. If they're not full of the Holy Ghost themselves, they will resent what you have. But if you allow them to dictate the temperature of your world, you'll freeze to death. But how am going to say today, I don't just want a blessing, I want to be a blessing. I don't want to live in the temperature of the blessing of the church. I want to be a thermometer by myself. And I want to burn and heat up this world and change the world where I live in and work in every day of the week. Is that your prayer? The Holy Ghost transforms. Now, I'm going to try and do something here. We, we have orphans in Moldova. Kids that have been abused all their lives, told every day by their carers that you're garbage. You're nothing. Your mother doesn't want you. Your father doesn't want you. Nothing plus nothing will always be nothing. There's no hope for you. You might as well quit. So when they come to us, many of them haven't even studied in school because there's no point in studying because you're garbage. And they're told every day, your kids will soon be here. You'll you'll have the same kind of trouble as your mother had and your grandmother had. And when they come to us, we speak to them and we say to them, if you're born, God has a plan. God has a work for you. One of our girls is called Catalina, 21 years of age. She called me a few months ago, a couple months ago. And she, she says, Dad... She says, I want to, um, my Lord, this church service is so long the batteries are dying on us. (laughs) Honestly. That's Catalina right there. She says, the Lord spoke to me, Dad, to have a camp. Now in Moldova, like America, there's no no public gatherings allowed. And uh, I says, says, Catalina, you can't do that. They won't let you. In Moldova, if you leave your house and they catch you, they will fine you 1,000 euros, which to us would be like $20,000. And uh, so Catalina says, well, I've, Jesus has told me to do this. And I said, okay, who well, am I to stop you? So she went to the police department. In a, now listen, this is in a communist country. Not in the most blessed country in the world. There's a communist country called Moldova, which is the poorest country in all of Europe. You you heard the statistics. More people die of alcoholism in Moldova than any other country in the world. Poverty is unbearable. Widows starve to death in their homes because there's no one to care for them there's no social work. And our kids, through this pandemic, have been going out. We got special permission from the government to feed starving people. One of our leaders back in Moldova said, Dad, we won't, these folk won't die of the virus. They'll die of starvation. And every day our kids are feeding the hungry. And the, that's the Holy Ghost. That's more of the Holy Ghost than standing in church for an hour talking in tongues. That's the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. So she went to the police. And in Moldova, in a communist country, the thing you fear the most is the police three in the morning and you disappear this 21 year old girl went to the police and said god told me to have a youth camp and the police officer in charge said okay That's the Holy Ghost manifest. So he gave her permission. And there's a man who has a campground. Now, when you talk about campgrounds in Moldova and campgrounds in America, they ain't the same thing. There's outhouses, rusty benches, nothing of any note. But this man is known in the town for being an evil man. That's how Catalina described him to me. He was evil. And she went to the evil man and said to the evil man I want God has told me to have a camp and I want to have it in your camp and the evil man said okay he said in fact because there's no other camps going I will I will give it to you for 40% of what it normally costs so she called me she said dad the police have said yes and I can have a camp. I says, wow, 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 more faith than me. I says, well, how much is it? I'll send you the money. She says, no, no. She says, if Jesus told me to have this camp, he'll pay for it. Now that's the Holy Ghost in a communist country. So she invited some of her Christian friends to help her in this camp. All the kids from Vatra went along, but she wanted other people outside and um, because she had a plan. I'll tell you what the plan was. So one of the young men that she invited is now working in France, and he was so blessed that she had managed to get a camp, and he said to her, I will send you money, and he sent her 400 euros. Someone else sent her 100 euros, and by the time the thing was done, she had enough money to completely pay for the camp and all this food and everything that was needed for this camp. It started out with 30 young people. She made a deal with a guy, per head, for 30 young folk. And what happened was, after the first couple of services, the the midweek time of the camp, 30 people came, and then 31, then 35, then 34. Eight and 42 and, and it ended up that there were 60 young folks showed up in the camp. and the evil man came to Catalina and said, "Look, he, said, I can't even count anymore. I, there's no more charge. Just do what you want to do. It's up to yourself." In the camp of 60 young folk, 30 were born again and baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoken tongues as the Spirit gave him utterance. Now that's the Holy Ghost. One of our house parents is a man called Pavel, a Baptist brother, a great man of God. But he's, he's not, and he's hungry, and he's, and he's asking Catalina to pray for him to get the Baptist. So a house parent is asking one of the kids to pray for him to get baptized. Now that's the Holy Ghost. Because a man asking a woman to do anything in Moldova is totally against the culture. A man who is in charge of a house asking one of the girls who lives in the house to pray for him to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now that's the Holy Ghost. So Pavel sent me this. And I want you to listen to it. I'm hoping it works. If I thought I was going to use this, I'd have had it up for you. But what it is, if you look at it, is, is inside the church, them praying. Okay, can you see that man being prayed for? Listen to this and tell me what this sounds like to you. 30 young folk being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Rababa Sondri Bestaka Hallelujah. Worship with him. Worship God with him. Come on. Speak in tongues right now when he speaks. Rabba Baba Sondri Hallelujah. Ha in a communist country with a communist cop and an evil man and no money it doesn't matter if the holy ghost is upon you because you shall receive power to become witnesses in jerusalem jerusalem judea and the uttermost parts of the earth so how many want to be filled with the holy ghost today how many want God to stir up the gift not just the talking tongues but how am I going to say, God, I need you to fill me to a point that I'm, a, I'm an oven wherever I go. I change the temperature of the world I live in. I move in the world and the devil's going to flee from me because I am filled with the Holy Ghost. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We were praying in, in, the, in the ready room just before church. And the Holy Ghost. Told the pastor, and he confirmed it again that someone with cancer would be healed. I didn't tell you, but the Holy Ghost spoke to me as we were praying. And he said, I am going to give gifts. I am going to give gifts. And I'm going to pray that this church not just enjoy the blessing of Pentecost. But I'm going to p- pray that the gift of Pentecost comes upon this church. That we will transform the world we live in forevermore. How many today are looking for God to fill you to the point? You see, a gift is something that God gives you without repentance. If it's, if it's my blessing, if I come and lay hands on you and pray for you, okay? You are receiving My gift as a blessing. But if you get filled with a gift. And God gives you a gift of the Holy Ghost. Then that's yours forever. And then you can share your gift. With other people. And if you're looking for God to give you a gift today. To transform the vision of your life. to To transform the thought process of your life. That you're no longer going to be a victim in your world, but you're going to be the master of your world because the Holy Ghost is working through you. That instead of being the tail, you're going to become the head. Instead of being the one that's laughed at, you're going to be the one with the power and authority. Let me tell you, God gives the gifts and he gives you favor. That's a gift. The gift of favor is a gift. Joseph, ask Joseph about the gift. No matter what they try to do to him, wherever he was, he ended up on top. His brothers hated him, sold him as a slave. He ended up in Potiphar's house. He was so blessed that Potiphar's wife was willing to risk her life to know the young man. And he ran away and was still accused falsely. And he ended up in prison. But if you read the story, he wasn't a prisoner. He ran the prison. And in the morning one day he was a prisoner. And in the evening he was prime minister of the whole of Egypt. The most popular, powerful country in the world of his day. Because when God puts something in you, He will lift you out of obscurity and He'll transform the world you live in that folk will say, if we've got a problem, go to them. If you've got a need, today before church, Jason said to me, I've got some friends that go to another church, another denomination, but when they have a need, they call Him. Do you know why? Because they recognize the Holy Ghost in Him. That's the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. So if you want a gift from God, you want to be transformed, not just blessed, but transformed. I want you to stand to your feet right now, quickly. Stand up. This is up to you. I'm not going to make anyone stand up that doesn't want this. Let me tell you. Jesus. Lift your hands up to receive this. This is a gift by me. This is a gift from heaven. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, we are speak in tongues right now. Come on. Use that gift that God's put inside you already. Speak in tongues. Come on, speak out loud. Don't be don't be shy. Speak out loud. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and with the anointing that's in me, I ask the Holy Ghost to come into you today with a gift from heaven right now in Jesus' name. It will manifest in your life this week. Yes receive that gift thank him say thank you for my gift say it thank you for my gift thank you for my gift confirm Ah, 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 the reception ah, of the ah, gift ah, by thanksgiving hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah
0: come on just keep keep seeking the Lord for just a moment right now with your hands lifted. I'm telling you right now for the very first time there are people speaking in tongues. As you give thanks to the Lord right now, I'm telling you there's some people right now that that's, uh, as you begin to give thanks, out of your belly is gonna flow rivers of living water right now. And you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire in the name of Jesus. I thank you Lord that right now, gifts in the name of Jesus gifts of the holy ghost all the gifts god all the gifts holy spirit the bible says that you give gifts as you distribute as you please so in the name of jesus look across this building look across those watching online those seeking you right now and i pray spirit of the living god begin to release your gifts right now in the name of jesus i thank you for that now hallelujah hallelujah oh lord we give you praise for that right now oh god we give you glory for that right now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Yeah, come on just for a few more moments right now. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.